0: Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn how to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out and find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three, a songwriter, life coach, and wellness advocate, Liz Langston. Hello, everybody. You want to hear a funny story? Last week I recorded this episode and then I had to leave to a retreat for my business and I thought it was all good and then I went back to listen to it and there was some weirdness happening and I couldn't figure it out so I actually did have to skip last week's episode and I'm so sorry about that. I didn't want to, that's for sure, but I definitely could not figure out what was going on so I'm re-recording So hello to those of you who don't know me or are new here. Welcome. My name is Lizzie Langston. I'm a mom of three and a certified life coach, and I'm actually really excited because next week there will be a brand new intro and outro. If you haven't been following me on Instagram, that's where I hang out every day. I'm on Instagram at Lizzie Langston, L-I-Z-Z-I-E-L-A-N-G-S-T-O-N. And on Instagram, I've really been letting it be known that I am solely and 100% focusing full-time on postpartum mamas in my coaching. So that's great news because that means all of my content and exactly how I've structured my coaching and pricing and everything... Is for moms. It's especially for moms with new babies who don't have oodles of money to spend and who can't exactly make set appointments because they don't know when their baby's going to be napping. They haven't exactly figured out all the sleeping schedule yet. So my coaching is super easy for you. If you're a new mama, even if you're not new, I consider postpartum the first 12 months. So if you've had a baby anytime between the last two weeks all the way up until the last 12 months and you're struggling, my coaching's for you. All right. If you want to find more info about that, just go to my Instagram profile. It's at Lizzie Langston and the bio link in my Instagram profile has the booking link for console. If you want to talk to me about maybe coaching with me, I'm going to put in there a link of frequently asked questions. So you'll have all the info if you want to look at that. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about something that can be a really tender sort of sensitive subject. For moms who have had an experience giving birth that wasn't what they wanted. It wasn't what they planned for. It wasn't what they expected. So I'm going to start by sharing a story about my birth experience. My first baby, this happened where I didn't anticipate the way that it all unfolded, which totally does happen, right? Despite our best efforts, despite our best planning, I mean, I was so diligent. I had like totally changed the way I approached it in order to try to prevent postpartum depression, in order to try to prevent a lot of extra pain that I had felt with previous labors and deliveries and postpartum. And still things didn't go as I had anticipated. So I actually had unexpected things come up in my first delivery as well as in my postpartum second delivery and third. So yeah, this is something I'm familiar with and I'm very prepared to talk about. Now, I personally have never had an emergency C-section, but it doesn't matter what, in what ways your birth experience wasn't how you anticipated or wanted or hoped or whatever, because today I'm going to give you tools and kind of just ways to think about it and frame it in your mind that are going to relieve the pain, the regret, the concerns. I know a lot of times when things don't go out as expected, we worry about our attachment to our baby. So we're going to talk about all these things today. First, I'm going to start off with telling you a story about my experiences that didn't go as planned because I think this is just so connecting and healing to hear other moms share stories. Then I'm going to talk about why, like the role of expectations and why expectations sometimes can actually be the culprit to a lot of our pain when it comes to, you know, reckoning with a birth experience that didn't go as we wanted. I'm also going to give you just some very gentle thought offerings. Everything that I'm going to give to you today is totally a take it or leave it kind of thing. So if you hear me say something that you love and you're like, Oh, when I think that I feel better, love it, have it, take it. If you hear something that I say, and it creates, you know, your, the way you think about it, or something I say creates this sort of rejection in you where you're like, no, that just can't be true. That doesn't work for me. I'm not ready to think that I don't want to think that welcome to leave it on the table. You don't have to take it. Okay. So we're going to be talking about some thought offerings and also, um, attachment theory and kind of anybody's concerns with that. And the the rest of the podcast, I'm going to offer you some of my favorite thoughts that have helped me in my healing. And again, take them or leave them. All right. Does that sound like a delight? Let's get started. Okay, I seriously get like a little happy rush, kind of like when you first start nursing your baby. I feel that way when I'm about to delve into a story on my podcast and really get into helping you. It's just so fun. I love it all so much. Okay, so I had my first baby about 18 months after I got married, and I really didn't have a birth plan. I kind of tried to have one, but I just really wasn't sure what I wanted. So I liked the idea of having an epidural though. I was like, I don't really know how to do natural labor. I don't really want to know. I kind of was scared of of pain at that time. And so that was my plan was just to have an epidural. And so the morning I had my baby was actually completely unexpected. It was two weeks before my due date and I was 38 weeks along. I had gone swimming that morning, and it was a beautiful day. I felt great, felt normal, and I remember when I was getting ready to go to my weekly check up at my OB's office, I kind of had this feeling that I should pack a bag for the hospital, which to this day, I'm so grateful for that. I call that the Holy Ghost. You get to call it whatever you want, a premonition. I don't really care, but I felt guided to bring a hospital bag, and I am so grateful that I did because... When I went to my doctor's appointment, he, well, first of all, all the ladies that check you in before you see the doctor were being really weird. And they kept asking me how my baby had been, had had the baby been moving? How was I feeling? And I just wanted to die. I was like, why is everyone asking me this? And they wouldn't tell me anything, right? Because they have all these little rules that they can't tell you what they're thinking or what they're seeing, but they're just asking the questions. And, And so I was so eager to have my doctor come in the room. And when he did, he said... I've, we found protein in your urine and and your blood pressure is really high. And what this means is that you have preeclampsia and we don't know what causes preeclampsia. And we actually don't even know how to fix preeclampsia or make it go away. We just know that the only way to keep preeclampsia from possibly taking your life and maybe making you have a seizure is to get the baby out. And so if you're, he was just so mad he's like, so happy about it. He's just the nicest guy. He's like, so if this doesn't go down and your blood pressure doesn't start to calm down, we're going to have you induced and you're going to have your baby today. So he sent me to the hospital, which was just across the street. There was no going home, no like hurrying and getting food. It was just like, go to the hospital. I went into triage. They monitored me and they were like, okay, it's not going down. It's rising. It's staying high. You're going to have your baby. So I called my husband who was at ASU taking a midterm and he had to hurry up and finish and get over there to the hospital. And here we go. The whole thing was starting. So the first thing they did, because my blood pressure, was really high and I don't know what you guys know about um, preeclampsia. I knew nothing, but basically preeclampsia is a condition where again, they don't know what causes it, but your blood pressure gets really high and it won't go down until that baby's out of you. And sometimes even for quite a while after the baby's out, your blood pressure stays really high. And the reason preeclampsia can be life-threatening is because it can cause a seizure. That high, high, high blood pressure can cause a seizure. And actually, if you've ever watched Downton abbey i'm a big Downton abbey fan um i watched all the seasons i hadn't at this point but if you've ever watched it you know that one of the daughters i won't tell you which if you've never seen it actually dies from preeclampsia and so that was really scary to go watch after all this happened to me but anyway that's a whole different story so preeclampsia happened. Didn't know why. And so now I'm in the hospital. And the first thing they did was put me on magnesium. Magnesium is a muscle relaxant. It also kind of makes you feel pretty sick, but it keeps you from seizing. And that was the point of them giving it to me. So they put me on magnesium while they also induced me and gave me Pitocin. So here I had a muscle relaxant and also a Pitocin, which was like to help me go into labor, which gratefully worked. And everything was awesome. Labor was smooth and easy. I had the baby around 10 30 at night but around, um, uh, maybe two or three in the morning. So some hours postpartum, I felt this strange, like tighten tight and kind of painful, uncomfortable feeling in my abdomen. And so I called the nurse in cause it kind of woke me up and we didn't know what it was. So she just kind of started pushing around my tummy. And I'm going to tell you that if stuff like this freaks you out, if you're not a blood person, pause the podcast, don't keep listening. Now's your chance to step out of the room virtually, okay?
1: This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame, so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's skylightca com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash
0: easy. So anyways, she kind of pressed on my tummy and I ended up hemorrhaging. I had blood clots the size of softballs and they wouldn't stop coming out. Okay? So I'm going to spare you more details, but suffice it to say they called in all of the nurses on the floor. The OB was the OB that was on call, not my OB. Luckily she was a small framed little lady. She was elbow deep in me with zero medication. This was basically a DNC with no anesthesia. Now I don't tell you this to scare you or to help you feel bad for me. The whole point of me telling you this story is to help you understand how These things happened and it wasn't my plan. I just thought I was going to go into the hospital calmly. When I started feeling contractions, you know, my husband and I would go in and we'd get the epidural and it would be awesome. And actually there was a point where they came in and told me my blood platelet count was too low to get an epidural. And for 15 minutes, I thought I was going to be doing natural labor (laughs) on magnesium and Pitocin, but then they were able to give me the epidural but man. So when this all happened, I lost 25% of my blood supply. So I felt a quarter of the way dead. (laughs) And I mean, sorry, I'm laughing now, but it was scary at the time. Everyone was really concerned, including the doctors, the professionals, my mother, my husband, although my husband stayed really calm. He gave me a blessing when I felt like I was dying and they were all getting the clots out of me and everything. And it was like amazing. I feel like he saved my life. I truly do. So, anyway, he's just such a calm presence. But my doctor told me that recovery would be twice as long. He came in at like three in the morning. He had to come in and see me because this was an emergency situation. And he told me, you know, eventually, like once I started healing, I got a two unit blood transfusion and that helped. But it would be eight to 12 weeks before I would feel like I had my full strength. And that ended up being the case. So, you can see how this is totally one of those cases where you kind of think it's going to be one thing and then it turns out to be completely another. So whether you've had when, you know, whether you had a, an emergency C-section or whether you had to do it naturally and you you planned for an epidural or whether you planned for natural and you had to get an epidural or you had to do some other um, intervention, today's episode is for you. So here's the first thing I want to talk about. Um, First, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about how things went when I went home, because that's where my thinking started to produce a lot of negative emotion, specifically related to my birth experience. And we're going to talk about the role of expectations and the way that we think about our experience and how that actually creates our experience of our experience in our past. Okay. Stick with me here. So I got home from the hospital and recovery was slow, but I was expecting that. I felt like crap. I felt so tired for days and days and days, no matter how much I ate, no matter how much I rested, just losing that much blood was something that I'd never done before. And it was all new. And I also kind of had a lot of medications I was taking because I had labored on my back because I'd had an epidural and I think I had back labor, whatever I had, my back felt like it was obliterated. And so I was on like oxycodone and all the drugs that I didn't want to be on. I didn't expect to need to be on, but I was in a lot of pain, not to mention really weak from all the blood loss. Okay. So I remember a friend came to visit me and she had had her baby just a couple of days before I had had mine. And I was so grateful to get a visitor and it was so fun, but I remember her coming into my home and she was carrying her car seat, like her husband came in and then she came in after him and she was carrying the car seat. The reason I tell you that is because I could not lift Jack at that time. Like I was so weak and she was only two days farther into postpartum than I was. And I started to realize by comparison how slow my healing process was and was going to continue to be. I remember her looking so strong. She was wearing jeans. I had not touched normal clothing. I was still in jammies all the time. I felt like crap. And she was like, you know she still like looked postpartum and I think she probably still had some weight on just like I did. You know, her tummy was still kind of looser like mine was, but she had like this flushness in her cheeks. She looked strong you know, she could sit, she could sit on her bum and not like uncomfortably sit from side to side. And because of all of the entering into me from that part of me that had happened with all of the scraping to try to see if there was any placenta left over, they just didn't understand why I was bleeding. And there was a lot done in a short period of time, very intensely in my abdomen, like everything hurt and my back hurt so bad from all of the everything man. And so this one experience with my friend coming to visit me was what kind of triggered my thoughts. Now I don't say trigger to say my friend is the reason I thought the thoughts that I did. She was just there. She was just a neutral circumstance, right? She was just somebody visiting me, but I had thoughts about it and I wasn't checking those thoughts. Like most of us don't monitor and check our thoughts. And so what this did is I kind of spiraled into this place of self-pity and like doubt that it's ever going to feel better. And really just sadness, sadness about how everything went and a lot of confusion. Like, why did I have to stay on magnesium for all those hours postpartum? Why did they keep me on it? Cause it made me bleed. My uterus wasn't able to contract and regulate the blood flow. And then they had to get inside of me and scrape things out. And now I'm in all this pain. And why does my back hurt so badly? Like the leftovers of the epidural just didn't sit well with me. And so I had all of these thoughts. So I I want you to try to find yourself in my story and let's go together. If you blah, 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 rewind K okay, from when this all first started and you were pregnant and things were happy and you were really hoping and expecting things to go as planned, that little sneaky thing, expectations, we have expectations. I was fine with my healing, right? Like my doctor set me up with an expectation, but then I saw somebody else. And I noticed by comparison how happy or like how strong and healthy she looked. And I was like, uh, and I kind of was sad compared and despair. But also when I was pregnant, I never expected any of this. I expected to go to the hospital, to have some pain, to get an epidural and to have it all be good. And then to post it on social media and have my new little baby and focus on nursing. And frankly, my expectations were very, very different than what actually happened. Expectations are something that our brain does when it doesn't know what's going to happen. Our brain feels really uncomfortable with the future and with not knowing the future, I should say. It's not uncomfortable with the future per se, but it's the unknown of the future. And so as a way to handle that, something that our brain does is it kind of just fills in the blanks just some placeholders, right? Expectations are like little placeholders. I looked up on Google, the definition of what is, what is an expectation? And it says a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. A belief that someone, including yourself, I added that part in including yourself, but that someone will or should achieve something. Now I'm not here to tell anyone, including myself, that we are wrong to ever have expectations, but Here's what I've noticed in my life and specifically with birth experiences and postpartum like emotions is that expectations can cause problems when we get attached to them and believe in our expectations more than we are willing to believe in and accept what's real and what actually happened. Let me say that again. Expectations can cause problems. They're not a problem inherently. Like it's not a problem that our brain kind of fills in the blanks in the future, but expectations can be the cause of some negative emotion and some stuckness for us when we believe in them. And when we get attached to our expectations more than we believe in, and are willing to accept reality and what has actually happened. Like our actual birth experience. Sometimes we just want to so attach, even after it's happened, we want to stay attached to that expectation. We want to almost mourn the loss of it. And so just understanding that expectations never were ours. Like, yes, we had the expectation was ours. Like we had it, but it was never guaranteed. And we were, we were never entitled to having it play out the way that our brain created it to be in our mind through the expectation. Sometimes we just think it should have been that way. Like we feel this attachment, this real visceral attachment to the expectations that we had played out in our mind. And so we've got to understand that that was just something our brain created and it was never there to begin with. And here's what I want to offer is what if it was never supposed to be the way that we expected it? I think where we get into trouble is that we believe that it should have been how we expected it. Like, there's no entitlement to having it turn out as you expected it to be. Remember, expectations are just your brain's placeholder for the future, but what is yours is what actually happened. That doesn't mean you have to want it or like it. It just means, you know, you were, we were, because I had expectations too. We just aren't entitled to things working out the way that we expected them to. An expectation. Is as solid as a cloud. It's really not. And so, when you want to get, would you get attached to a cloud? Like, if you wanted a safe place to go into the future, would you attach yourself to a cloud? Like, no, it can't carry you. It has nothing to offer you. There's no safety in that. Same thing with an expectation. And so, as kind of home like as it feels, like it feels like you're at home, it feels safe, it feels purposeful and important and almost healthy to go to that place of expectation and to dwell in, in what we expected and to focus on what we wished had happened and what we wanted and what we expected to happen versus what did happen. But if you want safety, if you want healing, if you want a solid foundation to go into your future, the better place to start focusing your attention, I would say better, but the place that you can go to focus your attention is what actually happened and start really processing that because the more time you spend in an expectation and dwelling on what you wished had happened, the less time you are accepting, you are spending accepting what actually happened and processing it. And truly when I went in to have my second baby and they wheeled me into the postpartum room after I had labored and delivered my baby, I really just don't think I had processed. I hadn't spent enough time Really going to what actually happened. I think it scared me. It was overwhelming to me. There was a lot of scary and confusion and I don't know wrapped into my experience. And instead of going there and seeking answers, I just focused on my baby. I focused on my motherhood. I tried to kind of forget about it. And that didn't serve me when I went to have another baby. And so I do encourage all of us to find a way to process what has happened for you If you have negative emotion, like get a therapist, come talk to me as your coach. I can help you really pick apart the pieces of what happened and just one little piece at a time. It doesn't have to be emotionally overwhelming. I know it kind of feels like that, but I can help you just, just take a crack. Just like, just like crack it open. And then one little space at a time, we can open it a little bigger, a little bigger as you're ready and we can go through what happened and kind of consider what your thoughts are about it because truly what happened to you doesn't create the feelings within you. I know that seems crazy right now. I know that seems crazy. Like I would have never believed that that would have been like hogwash to me. If somebody had told me that when I was freshly postpartum and I was processing this whole experience or like dodging, trying to process it because it was so big and just thick and full of emotions for me, but truly I can help you discover the pain, the sources of your pain in your story and help you flat, you know, flat tin that out and process it so that it's smooth for you. So that when you do consider having another baby someday, or even when you just finish living postpartum, right? Like just continue on into the future postpartum, it doesn't haunt you. It doesn't feel like this terrible thing that weighs over you that wasn't supposed to happen. So I can help you if that's you. All right. The next thing I wanted to talk about in relation to this is attachment theory. So a lot of times, one of our big concerns, when we have a lot of negative emotion wrapped into what happened with our body, maybe what happened with the medical professionals or the environment, maybe it was the hospital or the birth center, wherever you delivered, right? A lot of times it's not our baby and it's not our baby's fault. And we know that. But sometimes we worry about how much this negative experience is impacting our ability to connect with our baby. Yes. I'm like, yes, I hear you nodding. You're like, yes, tell me about this. So this is a total... Normal thing to be concerned about. And I think one of the main reasons people get worried about this, or specifically postpartum moms, we get worried about this, is because, first of all, we love our baby like crazy and we would never want to do it wrong. We would never want to mess up our attachment with our baby and deprive them of some sort of attachment in some way. But also, we're worried about all this negativity swirling around us, prohibiting us from some sort of connection with our baby. So the reality is, it's possible to not connect with your baby, depending on the thoughts that you think about your baby and about you and your birth experience. So what I'm here to tell you is like full disclosure, it's possible that if you're having a hard time connecting with your baby, I'm not just going to write that off. Like that could be real for you. And that's definitely a reason to come talk to me as your coach. Um, so, but really it's just, however you're thinking about things is producing your connection. So what I want to teach you is that, and this kind of blew my mind and it's okay if you got to take this in for a few days when you hear this, but what I've learned through life coaching is that any relationship is made up of the thoughts that you think about that person and about the relationship. And so the way you feel in a relationship isn't dependent upon, is not dependent upon what the other person does or doesn't do, or what they say, or if they remember your birthday, their actions don't create your ability to connect to that person in the relationship. And I know I used to think that if people didn't call me on my birthday, I couldn't feel connected to them. Or if my husband didn't say or do certain things, I couldn't have the relationship I wanted. And so I would kind of get really manipulative or really hinty and passive aggressive, like, Hey, do this, you know, because I just wanted to feel a certain way in my relationship. But when I learned through life coaching, that relationships are formed in our mind and that our thoughts create our relationships, that really changed the to-do list that I had for my husband and all of the needs that I felt like I needed to hit in my relationship, like the actions or how my baby would be so that I could have the attachment I wanted to them. So what I, I say this to say that you can have whatever attachment you want to have with your baby, no matter what happened to you in, in your birth experience, I can help you create that. And you can create that through the thoughts that you think about your baby and about your relationship with your baby. So here's an example. If you have a thought like this baby's life cost me my health for weeks. I don't know. I'm just making something up. Let's just say you have some sort of thought, like this baby's life almost cost me death. Okay. Let's say like you had a birth experience where that feels like a true thought for you. How do you feel when you think that, right? I'm just going to run you through the model. Like there's a circumstance. You have a birth experience. You have a thought about it. Like this baby's life cost me da, 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 da. And maybe you feel resentment. A little bit. Even though you know it's not the baby's fault, you feel a little bit of resentment towards even getting pregnant in the first place and towards this baby's life and how comfortable and healthy and safe your baby looks. When over here, you're like feeling like you were torn apart and having to put yourself back together. And you don't know if you'll ever be able to have sex again and have fun in the bedroom again. And you don't know, like, what you don't even recognize your vagina, (laughs) right? Like, these are real thoughts. And so that thought is totally going to build up resentment. It's not going to help you connect to your baby for sure, but it's just a thought. And it's not actually something that you have to keep. I want you to imagine somebody you're at a buffet and somebody brings you a bunch of food appetizers, some appetizers on a platter. And there's like eight different appetizers and you're allowed to just pass girl. You're allowed to just be like, yeah, I don't want to think that anymore. You don't have to think a thought, even if it feels true. Now, when you struggle to release a thought that feels true, that's what coaching is amazing. Like I can help you to release thoughts that feel true. And so if you feel like you're stuck on one and it's just not letting go, come talk to me, come find me. I can help you with that. Check out my other podcast episodes. There might be some podcast episodes that will help you do that even on your own a little bit, but all this to say, one thing I never realized before coaching is like, we literally can choose our thoughts. It's not always easy, but we can. And there's a process to doing that. And it's your brain is able because of your higher brain that you have, even if your lower brain wants to hold on to a thought or an expectation through working with your higher brain and learning how to talk to your lower brain, you can get your lower brain to release things that are holding you back and keeping you in pain. Isn't that seriously amazing? That's the the art of life coaching. It's so powerful. Okay. So to end this episode, I hope that was all helpful. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram or email me, LizLangstonCoaching at gmail.com. But to end this episode, I just want to put out some of my favorite thought offerings. So imagine we're at that same buffet and I'm bringing you a platter of some thoughts and you can pick them up or leave them and put them down. You can even take a bite and then put it back. I don't even mind. (laughs) That's the kind of buffet this is. Okay. So here are some of my favorites from my time postpartum related specifically to, again, keeping in mind, you know, a birth experience where you have some negative emotions, you're still trying to process it. And it wasn't what you'd hoped. So the first one is the universe is always conspiring in my favor, in our favor as children of God, as, as creations of a higher power, the universe is always working in our favor. Why wouldn't it? the universe has our back is number two. Number three is I can have my own back. I don't have to pick myself apart and self-criticize and think I should have done something differently. I don't have to be mad at myself for not being more prepared. I can have my own back. That offering number four, everything happens for a reason. And if you want to believe that you can, if that feels yucky to you, don't, don't believe it. It's not true. But if it feels awesome to you, like what if there's a reason through all of this? What if it's not just pain and disappointment? What if there's something your future self needed through this experience? You're welcome to believe that. I love that one sometimes. Number five, when we fight with reality, with what actually happened, with what cards we were dealt by the universe, when we fight with that, we lose 100% of the time. And sometimes fighting with that doesn't actually look like fighting it but it just looks like not wanting to accept it. just continuing to push it away or continuing to every time you talk with people about it to tell them how bad it was and how sad you are. And listen, you can do that. Seriously, that that could be part of processing it. But there might come a point where eventually you want to tell a different story. You want to pick different ways and different words to tell yourself and to tell others how things went down and you can create that story and your experience of this experience. Number six, 100% of the time when we argue with what is, we don't win. It's kind of the same thing that I just said when we fight with reality, but when we argue with what is, we don't win. Number seven, change happens within me and you don't need to depend on anything from your past and your birth story changing to feel the way you want to feel. Because change happens within you and the way you feel about and talk about your story happens within you. It's a choice within you. You're the captain of that decision. You make that call. Number eight, I don't want to depend on my circumstances to change or my past to change to feel how I want to feel. I don't need to depend on anything outside of me to change in order for me to have an inner change. Number nine, I can create the feelings I need and I want within me through my thoughts. Like, really, do you believe this? You can feel any feeling right now that you want to feel through thinking the right thought. Now, this doesn't mean you are repeating, you know, um, affirmations that you don't believe or you're finding thoughts on, it, on the internet that you like and then trying to think them. If your brain is like, eh, that's not true then it's not going to work for you. And so that's, again, that's the art of coaching is to almost like you have bread dough and you're massaging it and getting it to that perfect consistency. Sometimes you bring in a thought into your brain sphere, your atmosphere in your brain. And it's like, no, this just doesn't match. It's too far. It's too extreme. It doesn't fit the vibration we have going on currently, but it's something you can work up to. And so that's what I use as a coach. I use bridge thoughts and I kind of do baby steps. And so maybe for example, if you want to think, my birth experience was everything it was supposed to be, but that doesn't feel good. It's like too extreme. Cause you're just so negative about it right now. You could think something like my birth experience just is what it is. My birth experience happened. Or you could just get down to the facts. Like I had an emergency C-section period. You don't have to attach any positivity to it. Just leave it there for a minute and let that even just sink in. And then once you go from negative to more neutral, then you can focus on a little bit positive and then more positive and then extremely, you know, freeing positive, but you can't just make that jump all the way. It doesn't always work. So if you need help with that, come find me. Okay. Number 10, I am never in control, but I will surrender to the life's events that the universe has given me. I am never in control. And how about not, but, but, and I will allow the universe to run things. I don't love surrender as much as I love. Allow, allow feels like a place of power. Like I'm the queen and I'm going to allow my subjects to do this behavior of theirs. Like I'm the queen and I'm going to allow the universe to work around me because it's, it wants to help me. Number 11, I was made for this. If you want to believe this, you may and you can, but you are worthy and capable of it all. I hope this podcast episode was helpful. And again, if you're needing more help and guidance on this, is this, if this is a big part of what's keeping you kind of in a rut postpartum, if you are noticing that the way you feel about how things happened with delivering your baby, is really holding you back and keeping you in this negative place or is affecting your relationship with anyone in your life, including yourself, your husband, and your baby. I want to invite you to consider coaching with me. I, um, have worked my coaching program to facilitate moms with new babies. And I actually don't even do set appointments. We just do Voxer, like voice coaching back and forth. So it's kind of like Marco Polo, except no video and That way you can do it whenever works for you, but you will have me responding to you always almost immediately, but the longest window of time would ever just be 24 hours during the week. So I would love to be your coach. If that sounds like something you would love is to have somebody in your back pocket for three months, right? The crux of your postpartum to really help you. That's what I'm here for. So if you want to hire me, just go to my Instagram. I'm at Lizzie Langston, L I Z Z I E L A N G S T O N and book a free consult with me. There's also going to be some frequently asked questions that you can find in my Instagram profile, but they're not there yet. So keep a lookout for those for the next couple weeks. All right. We'll catch you guys next time. Take care. And please share this podcast with another new mom, because heaven knows the only way I found healing and these tools when I was postpartum and specifically depressed and struggling was because somebody was really persistent and told me about three different times to go listen to this podcast. So be the one to really help somebody by sharing, or at the very least, leave a review on iTunes to make it easier for somebody to find on their own. All right. We'll talk to you next week. You guys take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Liz here. When I was struggling as a mom of three littles, it was actually a podcast just like this that a friend shared with me that woke me up to getting the help I needed. Please consider sharing a favorite episode with a friend or leave me a review on iTunes to help other moms find the help they need here too.
1: 18- Plus.